Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Safran. TGSP is the top global cannabis podcast. Everyone has questions and we'll cover the stories that matter and showcase the guests who make a difference. This week on TGSP, it's time for a change. The United States' largest wartime veterans service organization with over 2.3 million members, the American Legion, told the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs that it's time to get serious about supporting research that is looking into the effects cannabis can have on PTSD. After two tours in Afghanistan, Marine Christopher Roberts has trouble adjusting to life after war. The number of veterans dealing with PTSD and thoughts of suicide are beyond disturbing. Colorado researchers are planning a new study to see if marijuana can help PTSD, but that testing will take two years. We speak with Lou Chelly, the Director of Veteran Affairs and Rehabilitation at the American Legion, about why he has also switched his beliefs. You know, you tend to want to follow the rules of law because that's the environment that you're brought up in. You're brought up in a, you know, law enforcement, first responder, military background that has an ethos of discipline. So it's contrary to your core values to think that you might be participating in something that is not only illegal, but even in some ways thought to be immoral. We spoke to Lou Chelley in Washington, D.C. about how the American Legion has evolved their ideas on cannabis. Lou says the American Legion is an advocate, and more needs to be done to encourage research into a drug that was classified illegal. We started about a year ago with Resolution 11, which basically called on the federal government to do more scientific research to determine whether cannabis would be a viable option for some different illnesses, whether it's PTSD or Crohn's disease or, or cancer. The federal government doesn't have the ability to put their official stamp on any of these research projects until recently. Uh, recently, there's been a, uh, an approved research project that seeks to, uh, to see if cannabis can help with PTSD in veterans, and, and that's something that we're, we're very excited about. You know, we support this research, and that's really what led us to Resolution 28, the newer resolution. And, and we find, we're finding now that the federal government is, is a bit of a quandary because 26 states have laws that allow for medical cannabis. The federal government refuses to recognize cannabis as anything that could possibly have medicinal value. Subsequently, there's no education process in the, uh, in the medical schools to teach doctors how to prescribe cannabis, how to do any type of research with cannabis, or to refer to any research that's already been done. So now you've got patients who are going to see their physicians, and the physicians are by and large untrained in, in how to deal with the ingestion of this drug as it, as it may uh, contradict or complement some of the other pharmaceuticals that are being prescribed to these patients. You know, if doctors aren't educated in how to compare what drugs might be most beneficial for, for, uh, for patients, they're not going to know how to properly guide them. They don't know how they interact because the federal government has restricted their ability to do these types of studies. So something has to give. Is there a switch taking place before our eyes? Lou says if a doctor writes you a prescription for an opiate, people don't question what they're taking. They just take it. 
the American Legion does not advocate for recreational use of cannabis. That's not our position. That's got nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. What we do advocate for is veterans being able to have access to anything that could be of medicinal value to them. And that means walking into a doctor's office where your doctor is uh, presented before you in a white lab coat with the proper training, writes you a prescription that you go down to your, you know, either your local dispensary or the dispensary right there in the hospital and you're issued a prescription, usually in some kind of pill, cream, salve, or droplet form, Mm -hmm. and you go home and take it. And if... You know, if a doctor writes you a prescription for for an opioid or for anything else, you take it, you don't question it. You don't say, well, what are the, what are the chemical components that make up this drug that you're asking me to take that will supposedly make me feel better? But when you attach the term cannabis to it or marijuana or THC, all of a sudden there's the snicker factor. You know, we're right. finding in our community that even though more and more Americans are becoming uh, aware that, that there's medicinal value in cannabis, there's still the snicker factor, you know, right. where where they chuckle and giggle that it's almost like it's not it's not being taken serious, and and I really think that that that's a stigma that we have to overcome. As we have heard before on TGSP, the stigma of cannabis use is changing. Groups have approached Lou before on cannabis, urging the American Legion to take a look into the studies. But Lou says at first it was hard for him to get his head around this. I was approached by several veterans in the advocacy industry who wanted me to take a look at their evidence. And I was resistant at first because I I didn't, you know, I thought that that it was a gimmick. And this was a couple of years ago, you know, and as they were trying to to get me to, uh, to, you know, to call on the American Legion to support their their. Uh, their legislative agenda, I wasn't able to do that because the American Legion is a, is a very large organization that's, and we're, our voice comes from our resolutions. And mm-hmm. the resolutions are voted on by our membership. So I didn't have a supporting resolution. And, you know, the, the discussion ended up breaking down between the advocates that I, was, that I was willing to listen to at the time. I said, okay, you know, you're a veteran. You, you have what you say is evidence that can be extremely helpful to other veterans. I'm going to be open-minded and listen to you. I didn't think that it was, gonna, it was going to amount to much, but the more evidence they started to send me, the more I said, well, I, I think there's information out there that I had not been you know, previously exposed to, and it looks to me like they may be onto something here. When that relationship deteriorated because I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't give them the American Legion support that quickly. And after that relationship broke down, I, I wanted to be true to the discovery process. And I went and I, and I researched and I sought out. And even though I'm no longer having a dialogue or a relationship with the people that brought this information to me to begin with, I, you know, I met a number of different uh, a number of different professionals in this in this area, one of which is Sue Sicily, which you may have heard of. She's the one. She's the doctor that was at the time working with the federal government to try to get permission to do a federally supported research study. It's a double-blind placebo study, uh, and she she was able to educate my uh, my members' clinical and scientific presentations. On, on why this is something that needs more, more federal investigation and more study. And what I found really surprised me, we have a lot of Vietnam-era veterans, right. a lot of Korean War veterans in our organization, 
that I thought it was going to be difficult, you know, for them to make that leap, you know, into this type of research. But I was I was shocked that overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, our membership supported this research based on the evidence and based on the science. In March of 2014, Dr. Sue Sicily proposed a study into the effects of cannabis on PTSD, and it was approved by the National Institute of Drug Abuse. After working at the University of Arizona for nearly eight years, Dr. Sicily was fired from what she says was because of her interest in studying cannabis. But that did not stop her. My name is Sue Sicily, and I am on faculty at the University of Arizona, where I practice internal medicine and psychiatry. So I'm mostly doing primary care for seriously mentally ill patients. People who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder end up on five or six different psychiatric meds, and then they're plagued with all kinds of side effects and drug interactions. The truth is that marijuana can treat the whole spectrum of PTSD symptoms with this one medication. What we find from patients is a lot of them learn how to use it uh, more in a targeted way to manage. For instance, a lot of our PTSD patients have flashbacks at night and tr real trouble sleeping, and so they can simply dose marijuana in the evenings to help them um, decompress so that they can get some rest at night, which normally they couldn't do. And what's really the beauty of marijuana for treating PTSD is PTSD is such a complex syndrome, this whole array of symptoms that are not easily managed by one or two medications. The proof is in the, the clinical response. We're seeing patients who are able to walk away from a lot of their psych meds and their opioids and simply manage their symptoms with one drug, marijuana, and that speaks volumes. Despite what the government says about marijuana having no medical value, you can't deny all these anecdotal reports. A lot of these are high-ranking veterans who, have, who hold a lot of respect and prestige in the military complex, and they're showing the courage more and more to speak openly about their experiences with marijuana. NIDA is the National Institute on Drug Abuse and they are a big federal agency that's in charge of a lot of different things, primarily curbing illicit drug abuse. And they're also uh, charged with administering the only legal supply of marijuana in the country that's available for FDA-approved studies. So NIDA has, what we call it the NIDA monopoly. It's a term that we've coined to describe the situation where they have basically a government-enforced monopoly on the only legal supply of marijuana. So if NIDA doesn't like your study, they can essentially derail it by never agreeing to sell you marijuana for your FDA-approved study. We've created this political action committee called Americans for Scientific Freedom, and I think that's a very appropriate name because we are desperate to ensure that science is never uh, trumped by politics. We believe that you know rigorous scientific studies deserve to be implemented and should never be shackled by the political environment that we're in. You can go on our website, AmericansForScientificFreedom.com, and you can read up on some of our initiatives, both at the state and federal level. We need 500 individual donations of $10 a piece, and we would be most grateful to have your support for eliminating the barriers to marijuana research. 
With all of this evidence, Lou Celli said it was time for the American Legion to take a position on cannabis, one way or the other. Eventually, there's, there's enough legislation that's being introduced in Congress that we're going to have to take a position one way or the other. And, and it's irresponsible of us to continue to say we haven't researched it, uh, therefore we don't have a position right now. It's my job as the Director of Veterans Affairs and Rehabilitation to gather this evidence and present it to you so that you can make an informed decision, and that's what I'm doing, so we can have a fair and balanced argument. So where do these official government agencies stand on cannabis? So it's really interesting because when I invited them to this very same conference that I invited Dr. Sicily to, originally all agreed to come. And then as we started to send out the invitations, and they, they would take those invitations and they would move them through their, their leadership approval process one by one, they all started to drop off and decline. And at the end of, uh, you know, by the time we got to our conference, the, um, the answers back to us from these federal agencies were universal. They all, they all had the same line and they all said the same thing and they said, everything you need to know our, about our position is on our website. That's all we yeah. have to say. Thank you. Goodbye. They all declined. The American Legion works closely with the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. President Donald Trump nominated David Shulkin to be the secretary of that department, and he was unanimously confirmed by the Senate in that role on February 13, 2017. Lou says there is one big difference with this administration's veteran affairs. David Shulkin specialized in health care management. You know, the one difference between this administration, as far as leadership at the Department of Veteran Affairs goes, and everyone before that, is that the Secretary of Veterans Affairs today, and, and I cannot speak for him, but I will tell you that, first and foremost, he's a doctor. So, um, by and large, every doctor I have spoken to has been open-minded to the possibilities of cannabis as a medication, mm-hmm. but again, they lack the research. Now, in the case of, of VA Secretary Dr. Shulkin and his official position cannot be in opposition to the administration, yeah. but as a physician, I'm trying not to speak for him, but mm-hmm. based on my, my, my memory of his attempt to answer these, it was in the ballpark of, I just want whatever works. You know, if something works for veterans, I want to make sure they have access to it. Right now, federal law does not prevent us at VA to look at that as an option for veterans. I believe that everything that could help veterans should be debated by Congress and by medical experts, and we will implement that law. So, so uh, if there is compelling evidence that this is helpful, I hope that people take a look at that, and we're interested in looking at that and learning from that. But until time that federal law changes, we are not able to be able to prescribe uh, you know, medical marijuana for conditions that may be helpful. Part of Lou Chally's job is to listen. Lou says that the stories about opioids within the veteran community has inspired him, and people's lives have been saved just by turning to cannabis. I have personally spoken with a number of veterans who have opted for cannabis and, uh, and walked away from opioids. I cannot, I don't know, I have not spoken to any veterans who have walked away from cannabis in favor of opioids. And it's because of our position, they're reaching out to us and they're saying, you know, I was on these opioids day after day, 
I was going nowhere. I, my brain was in a fog. I didn't, I didn't even know if I was going to live. I gave it all up and started cannabis, and now I'm a functioning member of society. I'm working. I'm productive. My pain levels are tolerable, and I will never take opioids again. That, that's pretty much the standard story that we're hearing from veterans who have and, – and a lot of the veterans have wrestled with it because, because it had the stigma attached to it. Right. And they, you know, as a professional soldier, as a, you know, as a professional uh, you know, first responder, you, 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 know, you tend to want to follow the rules of law. I was spending three quarters of my day in bed. I had like zero friends. I thought, boy, if this is life's going to be after 60, I don't know if I want to do it. I had a friend that actually did commit suicide, so kind of opened up my eyes. To, and within two days, the pain was 50%, and within three or four days, it was gone. I don't take prescription drugs anymore, and it is because of cannabis that I'm free of that. So let's recap. Change doesn't happen overnight, but this has been a huge step for the American Legion. I asked Lou about what he would like to see over the next year or two. Do we see the Department of Veterans Affairs doing research into cannabis? Mm -hmm. I don't see that today, but I would like to see that in the future. I would like to see fair, honest, and balanced research that, that looks into what medicinal value cannabis may have. And if all of the research comes back and says cannabis has zero medicinal value in any circumstances, then you know what? We'll move on to the next topic. Right now they're talking about using ecstasy to help veterans with PTSD and the amazing results they've had in that. So just because something has been abused as a recreational drug doesn't mean that it, it, that it will never have medicinal value. It's just because clinicians have not figured out how to use that drug yet in a way that provides good medicine. Countless numbers of people have voiced their opinions and they've also written their representatives. Lou says people need to continue to take charge of their medical situations. You know, there are ways for them to get involved by calling their lawmakers, by taking a stand, by, by writing op-eds, and by sharing their stories. Most importantly, it's the people that you know, that have been helped by medicines that may not be mainstream. And that's really what we need is we need people to stand up and, and take charge of their own medical situation and say, I need to be an active participant in getting better. And here are some of the things that I think might help me. Thanks for joining us on TGSP this week. We hope you like the show. Don't forget to go to our website, www.thegreenscenepodcast.com, subscribe to us and rate our podcast. We'll catch you next week.